Hey guys, you're listening to Talk Space with Jen and Kui. I'm your girl, Jen. And I'm your girl, Kui. And this is our Safe Space podcast, where we talk about all things life, from professions to family to love and all the things in between. But from our perspective, of course. So grab your favorite drink, have a seat, and let's just chat. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, sunshine. No, you're not feeling that one? No, that was good. Oh, okay. <laughs> What's going on? You know, new year. That's about it. 2022 is here. Okay. New year, new you, boo, huh? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> We're not doing new year, no. new you. No? Our theme is new year, smarter you. Oh, fancy. We're doing everything smarter. There's no need to reinvent what's already working, but there is a need to become more knowledgeable in certain areas. Okay. I'm just saying, I feel like that sounded a little Get snooty. Give people a word. Give <laughs> people a word then. Okay. <laughs> Y'all here? Okay. You know, when somebody popping their shit, you don't want to be involved. You just hit them with the, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Here I am trying to come on sounding uber confident, like mm, I'm on this, and you were just like, "Bless you." No, heart. that's what I'm saying. With somebody, with somebody popping their shit, you know what I'm saying? You just like, okay. <laughs> I, I see the difference now. I see that's what I'm saying. When you popping your shit, you on it, okay? You see what I'm saying? Look at you. Because if you would have been like, okay, that see the tone difference. Uh huh. Uh huh. The tone. I see what you did there. The octaves are different. Okay. Not with the musical theory words. The <laughs> octaves are different. Yes. Okay, I got a little bit of I got a little bit of knowledge. Okay. Just a just a little bit. Okay. That's some brand new over there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> period. Period boo. Do people still say period poo? Is that a thing of the past? Why did you just sound no, outdated? Like you don't even know if something is still a thing. Yes, people still say that. Girl, I'm 30. Okay, I I decided that it's no longer my responsibility <laughs> or my life's due diligence to keep up with what's trending. I'll be 30 this year, and I'm about to be somebody, Mama. It's okay. You can do it. Welcome to the. Club. I don't have time to be keeping up with the trends and what the newest sayings are. Okay. Listen, you sound like you're not ready for a lot of things that are happening this year for you. Dang, did I tell myself a little bit? I was, I was trying to keep it quiet. I was trying to make it seem like it wasn't something that it was. No. You know, I I am in the no. mood for 2022 to take on all of the things that are coming as they are coming. You know what I'm saying? So, mm, yes. In a very, very positive headspace about 2022. I like the positivity. I like it. So in keeping up with this New Year 2022 theme... Our topic is New Year, Smarter You, and we want to start the year off by talking about finances. So let's talk about money. Let's talk about getting these finances in order because what better time than right now? Fix your face. Fix your face. Everybody out there who just gave me the same face that Kui gave me, fix your face before it gets stuck. But I only make that face because... Did your mother ever used to say that to you? Yeah, but ain't nobody been listening to Lisa, so... Whoa. I'm going to fix it while you looking. But when you turn away, 
when you turn away, I'ma still have this face, period. But no, I only say that because girl, you know I'm due next month. So I already know my finances is about to take a beat down. You feel me? <laughs> Whatever happened to it takes a village. I feel like, you know, people should contribute on a regular basis to the expenditure of an addition to the village. Not me though. Not me. Other people. I ain't got it. I just feel like all these people that wanted this baby so bad, I feel like I should put them all on child support. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing. But you know, you could go on Judge Steve Harvey's show because he has a new show where he's a judge presiding over issues. Maybe he'll give you mm-hmm, that ruling to make the parents... And the immediate siblings pay child support. I feel like Steve Harvey, like, what if you don't? You notice how I excluded myself? You don't get your, oh, you would, listen, you would absolutely be getting subpoenaed to be in the Steve Harvey court as well. So I don't even know. I have never asked you, when are y'all having kids? I've never said, when are y'all having kids? I want you to have a kid. I never said that. I feel like the only reason why you didn't is because you were aware of the trauma that was previously suffered. But I feel like had you not been privy to that, you would have asked. So, therefore, that's going to be my final ruling on that. And you would get a subpoena. And This is some real life shenanigans right now. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to blame it on pregnancy brain. And we're going to get into this topic. Well, you being disrespectful, okay? Because you that's some real fighting words in pregnant people world. Now I'm blaming it on pregnancy brain, girl. Only I can say that. You can't tell me that you blame yourself that I say it on pregnancy brain because I will beat you up. You have to make me go crazy. <laughs> I'm sitting over here like, wait, I know I didn't say anything disrespectful. Like, I was good right now. What did I say? But I just got high. Anyway. Do you have your life together? Can we continue on with this episode? Okay, fine. They ain't heard from us in a minute. We need okay, to. Okay, that's why I was. Why I look like it's not 172 niggas over there in this apartment? And why I look like they all looking in my direction? Oh, they dancing. They doing a TikTok. Okay, uh, uh. Hit that shit. Yeah, yeah. Hit that shit. Oh, Go ahead and get out of breath and tire. That's strike two. You got one more, and I'm finna head out. Now, I know we say these people ain't heard from us in a minute, but I'm not going to be disrespected. I'm I'm too far along in this pregnancy to be dealing with any type of additional emotional distress. Somebody give me a cigarette. Sorry, I got one. Y'all, she is smoking a pen right now. (laughs) Are you ready to talk about finances? Yes, girl, I'm ready. Let's talk about finances. Okay. So, so as I mentioned, right, the purpose of this episode is to just kind of start the year off right. Is <laughs> just to start the year off right with a clear goal of purposeful and intentful um, financial planning and financial literacy. So we have to become more knowledgeable. We have to make sure that we are disciplined in order to reach our financial goals and the level of financial stability that works for you. Because everybody has a different level, right? Some people may say, oh, well, I need a 60000 a year to survive. Some people may say, girl, I need 500000 to survive. Some people may say, I need $3.2 million for a year to survive. So money. regardless of what your goal is, what your plan is, we want to make sure that we have the conversation so that we can all begin making what we have work for us in the best possible way. Absolutely. I feel like that's a good thing. So 
by no means, let's just put this disclaimer out there. By no means are we taking the position of financial advisors. Please don't try to come for us if the plan doesn't work for you. This is just from our own experience. We are just sharing what we know that has worked for us. That is it. However, comma, if you were in the Houston area and uh-huh, you were looking uh-huh. for a financial advisor, I do I do assist a few financial advisors in my actual career. Wait a second. What do you mean? Why didn't I know this? No, I think, I don't know that I ever specified when I left my last position, I left retail banking. So I don't work in retail anymore. I don't work like in an actual branch anymore. I still work in banking, but I work for wealth management, which is financial advisors. That's my job. So if you're in the Houston area specifically. Okay. Is there a commission involved? No, because I'm not licensed or registered. Um, if you are looking for financial advisors, I know of you and they're pretty dope. So let me know. I'll let you go. Okay. But if you are not in a position to be able to consult with a financial advisor, we want you to get to that position because that is a very useful tool to have. (laughs) So, uh, first and foremost, in order to begin saving or um, in order to kind of really just assess or have a goal, right? In order to have a goal, we have to know where our starting point is. So first and foremost, we have to understand or have a good understanding of two or three things. And I say two or three, there could be others, but I think these are the things that stand out the most to me. So the first thing is we have to know what's coming in, right? So we have to know how much money is actually coming into the household. Then we have to know how much is going out. So how much you bring in is the first one. How much you spend is the second one. And then the third thing is what the overall goal is. So if your goal is to say, I'm going to save $2,000 this year, right? Because some people have to start smaller. If your goal is to say, I'm going to save $10,000 this year, or I'm going to save $30,000 this year, we want to also have a goal. So again, first, how much we bring in how much we put out, and what our overall goal is. What do you think about those three things? I think that's very important. Um, and just kind of piggy, like, I think those are really good starting points for anybody who is trying to get themselves in the mindset of being financially stable mm-hmm. or, you know, basically improving your financial place. Those are very good points. Um and, you know, just with that being said, it's just, it is really, even for people who don't make a lot or don't have a lot of extra income, just being able to cut out maybe small things. So like G said, if you don't think that you can save $10,000 a year, well, start smaller. Find out what you may have that you can adjust, adjust some things, you know, and save what you can. It's always important to have savings. Like, and we can talk about that a little bit more, kind of go in depth in that because for the, the things that I've specifically just jotted down coming from the banking side of it, a lot of things, especially people of color, do not consider is retirement, you know. So even beyond retirement, you know, life insurance, things like that, you still want to have some sort of emergency money that you can pull from. So I've got a few tips and tricks for those. Absolutely. Now we can go into that. But I, I definitely think that, you know, my, your knowing what your income is, knowing what has to go out, meaning bills, expenses, whatever. We're not talking about 
you don't went to Target and Target and told you you needed to spend three hundred dollars. It's not worth talking. Go ahead and keep testifying <laughs> right now to these good people. Girl, listen, y'all, I'm not playing baby. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. Somebody pay the limit card. It don't matter because they got Apple Pay, so they gonna get it either way. <laughs> um, but definitely, I agree. I agree. Those are great starting points. So let's break down these three things, because again, as we said, and as I mentioned earlier, this is just kind of like the starting point, right? Like if you are a multi-billionaire and you have everything set and you have your accountant and you have your financial advisor and stuff like that, this may seem kind of um, low key or small scale for you, but everybody's not in the same position. So I think this is a good starting point for our lower to middle income and even our like middle to upper class income, right? For anybody who's struggling to keep things together every month financially. So when we talk about what you're bringing in, this means your income from working or if you have investments that bring you residual income every month, anything that's considered income, that's what we're talking about. I am not talking about factoring in the holiday overtime that you're going to get. This is your basic, consistent income. So when you work your 40 hours, because overtime is never guaranteed, right, every week. So when you work your 40 hours or your 25 hours or your 30, whatever it is, however many hours you work per week that you are set in your contract or in your employment agreement, that's what we're talking about. So that's that refers to what you're bringing in, what you spend. So as we said, this is like your bills, right? And when we say bills, housing bills, um, gas bills, utility bills, phone bill, credit card bills, um, your car insurance, homeowner's insurance, your life insurance, you should automatically factor that in as a bill that needs to be paid every month. Um, Food, gas, entertainment, leisure. You want to first understand where your money is going and then we can see where we can cut corners and kind of sacrifice and scale back. And then in terms of your overall goal, this can be how much you want to save or how much you want to have for leisurely activities or how much you want to, you know, put towards investments. So those are just kind of just kind of breaking down those three categories a little bit more so that we have a clear understanding of what's involved in each of them. And then just to kind of piggyback that, even off of your, your leisure, food, gas, and, and groceries and what have you, it's very important to really monitor those um, so, you do, so you're not overspending. I will not lie. I started working from home in November. And because I'm not out during the day, meaning like I'm not paying for lunch each day, I've been able to save so much. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Like... You can do the whole like pack a lunch, but that takes a lot for me personally. That takes just a lot more discipline than I had because that means I'm not a person I don't necessarily like to eat leftovers, but that means I would have to actually cook something additional from what I'm already cooking to be able to take it to work. And that took a lot more discipline than even I had. So I was someone who was spending about $10 a day for lunch. Well, $10 a day may not seem like a lot, but $50 a week times four weeks at work per month that really cuts i mean and we're talking ten dollars on a cheap day so sure you know those order curbside pickups can be twenty dollars sometimes so right. and then i i didn't realize this but a lot of restaurants even when you're picking it up they still kind of bump up the price of the meal so like where if you were going in and spending ten dollars you might be your meal may come out to twelve or thirteen dollars 
because you're right. picking it up. So I say all that to say is just like really monitor your spending on things that are not necessity so that you're not overspending. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then once you identify those three levels or those three layers of things, I think you'll then have a better understanding or idea of what your goal is. I think a lot of people kind of use this saying that like, oh, I can't afford this or, oh, this is, you know, too much. And I think what we have to understand is that you can afford certain things if you make the necessary sacrifices, right? So it's not that you, it's not that you always can't afford it, but we have to make sure that as we said, what is going out does not exceed or even come close to what's coming in. Yeah, absolutely. Right? If you're spending 90% of what you bring in every month, that's a problem because that leaves you 10% for an emergency. And if you can go all the way up to 90%, you're probably going all the way up to 100% and you're not actually realizing it. So when you get that email, right, that little alert from your banking institution that says your bank statement is ready, let's actually look at it because they will show you the amount of deposits that were made, right? The dollar amount in deposits, and then they'll show you the dollar amount in withdrawals. And if it's close, we got to do some re-evaluation. Am I in your business right now, Queen? Girl, some of us, them, them, dep- them deposits and withdrawals be stressing me out because I be like, hold up now, wait a minute. <laughs> Something ain't right here. Somebody is over there for fooling with the numbers, okay? Right. And I think a lot of people don't realize the amount of stress that financial instability can cause. Hello. That is a huge thing, right? When we look at divorce rates, when we look at familial relationships that break down, friendships that break down, a lot of it is somewhere around something financial. Not all of it, because sometimes you just got shady people that just do you wrong. But a lot of it is about or around finances. If you are stressed every month about paying bills, we've got to make a change, right? We've got to change our frame of mind because it's, again, it's not always that you don't make enough money. It's that your expenses are too high. I'm not talking about you make $60,000 a year and you want a brand new Lamborghini. You're doing too much. Your expenses are too high. You could do it. You could do it. It ain't going to last but 30 days, but you could do it. (laughs) You might get to 60 until they find you and they pull it back in. No, ma'am, we are not advocating buying a Lamborghini, financing, a, we should say financing a Lamborghini, because maybe you only make well, 60000 but you got a nest egg. Well, if that's the case, if you guys, they're not going to let you um get no Lamborghini with no uh 60000 you ain't financing that no way, because that debt that, that, and that income is not going to match out. That debt to income ratio, they're not having it. Not at all. But again, maybe you have a nest egg. Maybe you have a half a million dollars just sitting around, but you only make 60000 a year. Go ahead and buy your Lamborghini. Better make sure you can afford that upkeep. And if you do, can I borrow 50? Let me borrow $52. No, 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 no. <laughs> Why are you so exact? And by borrow, I mean keep. You know what I found out? Let me tell you something. This is sidebar, y'all. If people ask you for money and they ask for a specific amount, you are more likely to give it to them. Versus if I came to you and said, can I borrow $60? 
you'd be like, $26 for it. But if I said, let me borrow $52.39, you're going to be like, oh, she must really need that $52.39. It's a brain triggering thing. I found, I, I, I ain't going to tell y'all how I found that out. That's not like a meter on a utility bill. See what I'm saying? See, that's very a very specific amount. $60, you thinking, oh, she probably about to go to the nail salons. $52.39, girl, you definitely know I'm about to pay a light bill or something. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings us back to our situation. If you have to borrow $60 because you don't have $60, we got to rework the financial situation. No, $52.39. <laughs> First of all, I don't need nobody talking about me because I do not need $52.39. Okay, I'm good. I but I was just saying. Why do I keep doing this? Why? Because you love me and I'm a designer. Bringing it back. <laughs> Let's try this thing. Sorry, y'all. My bad. On focus. <laughs> so, if your expenses and your bills every month are more than 50% of your income, then you're already putting yourself in a position to be tight on funds every month. All of that stuff together should not come up to more than 50% of your income. And so... Again, this is just our point of view. So in my point of view, it's important to gauge, I guess, like the income to expenses ratio based off of your net income as well. Because I think that's another thing that sometimes people don't look like. And what we mean by net income is your income after taxes, right? That's important because taxes, whew. Uncle Sam, if you listening, pull up, bro. Pull up. Don't pull up on me because that I feel like that's an extra expense and I don't want you to pull up on me. Pull up because I want to fight. I want you to fall back. I want you to fall back, Uncle Sam, because these taxes. But you ain't going to, so pull up. <laughs> taxes for some people are ridiculous. I remember I got paid one time and I just was like, let me calculate this. Why did 39.5% of my check go to taxes? Preja, 39.5. I was disgusted. I mean, I accepted the direct deposit, but I was disgusted. I didn't know what to do with that. I wanted to email someone. But see, that's how I felt when when I thought I was doing something by getting my new job, you know, in June. I was like, ooh. And then when they offered me, I was like, come on, Jesus, come on through. Why my check only... $200 more than what it was before. Child, they didn't say hello to a new tax bracket. Girl, they took it. <laughs> Damn, moving sick. on up. I'm going back to the old job. It's the same amount of daggone money coming in. <laughs> you don't want to do that. You're right. I did not complain about it, but then I went to work the next day. And continued to. <laughs> but. That net income is important because sometimes, let's say you make $80,000 a year, right? Queen, let's do this math real quick. I know. I know. Just just roll with me real quick, okay? So if a person makes $80,000 a year and you base your expenses or you base your income off of that $80,000 without taking the taxes into account, right? If we take $80,000 a year and we divide it by 12 months, that leaves someone with $6,000 six hundred and sixty six dollars per month a lot of us may be like okay i got six thousand dollars to work with and then let's say that you decide to get a mortgage for three or four thousand dollars a month because you think you're bringing in six thousand six hundred and sixty six dollars a month you're already 
with your mortgage above 50%. So that's not a smart decision. So we got to rail that back. Now, when we take taxes into account, let's say you get taxed 20%, which is probably not going to happen if you make 80000 yeah. a year. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but we're just going to say 20% because it might depend on where you, you know, where you are. Some states get taxed more than others. New York. But anyway, so let's say you're in that bracket that 20% of what you make goes to taxes. So. 20% off of 80000 leaves us $64,000. If we divide $64,000 by 12, we get $5,333 that we actually are bringing in to work with. That's a difference of thirteen estimated $1,300. That's a big difference if we're trying Absolutely. to factor in budgets and expenses and everything. So then if you're only bringing in $5,333 a month, but your mortgage is three or $4,000 a month, where are you paying your utilities from? The leftover $1,300? So we have car payments, if you have a car payment, car insurance, utilities, credit card bills, student loans, if you have student loans, okay? Then we still have to pay for food. Then you got to factor in the Netflix, the Hulu, the Amazon Prime, the Disney Plus, the HBO Max, if it's not connected to your Hulu. What else do we have subscriptions for? <laughs> There's a subscription for everything, right? So we're already exceeding what we should be exceeding if you're factoring it in based off of your gross income versus your net income. And I, I, again, I really feel like that was important to mention because sometimes we look at the bigger picture, but we don't look at what comes out of that bigger picture. Yep, your state absolutely. taxes, federal taxes, your social security, your, um, oh, and listen, we didn't even factor in your health insurance plan that might be coming out because you know, health insurance plans can be ridiculous sometimes and you might end up paying four or five, six hundred $600 a month in your employer-based insurance plans. And if you own a small it's business, still, it's forget cheaper, about it. And it's steep, still cheaper to die, even paying that. So. <laughs> Wait a second. That's like That's a morbid turn. I don't know. I guess it depends on what type of casket and suit you're going to be buried in. It might not be. If you get cremated. Oh. If you get cremated. Listen. All right. Now I got to take a sidebar. So, I was watching Judge D. Harvey the other day, right? And this lady was taking her sister to court because the whole family donated. I seen it. For funeral expenses. I seen it, girl. I seen the hot ghetto fucking mess. And this girl went and got a BBL or some shit with the money that her family gave her to bury her brother. She ought to be damn shamed. She need her ass beat. (laughs) So for anybody that didn't see it, this one sister donated $6,000 to funeral expenses for their younger brother who had tragically passed away. And in all, the funeral expenses were going to be about $15,000, okay? So the entire family was pouring money in to get this paid for. And then the sister who gave $6,000 showed up to the funeral home. And when she showed up to the funeral home, she thought she was at the wrong place because there was no services, there was no casket, there was no flowers, there was no body, there was nothing. And all she saw was an urn. But then the other sister who was taking care of all of the services showed up and told the other sister that they got the brother cremated. 
So the sister who gave $6,000 was like, well, cremation doesn't cost $6,000, so where's my money? She had to take her to court to find out. No, I think she had already suspected that the sister had gotten some plastic surgery, but she didn't have the proof. So the sister admitted that she had liposuction and a BBL, but she said it was paid for before the services. And Quisha, what Judge uh, Judge Harvey say? Well, first of all, it was paid for before. She paid for it on her credit card, but she knew that bill was coming after the fact. <laughs> so that's the even more shiesty shit because you planned it that way. It's like I, you had already scheduled your BBL and your whatever, whatever, and your brother passed away. You trying to help your brother get buried? It's like all right, well, I still gotta pay my bill because I don't put my surgery. Fine, no, this sis had paid the full amount of her surgery in full previously. Like before the brother passed on her credit card, but she knew within 30 days, if you know anything about credit cards, in 30 days, this statement gonna come out. Okay? Okay? And she knew that that $13,000 bill was about to wrap the cat cat on that ass. Literally. <laughs> this is took the money and really paid her credit card bill from her surgery. Child, they made they made their sister give her sister her money back. That girl needed her ass beat. And she was like, you owe me. You owe me for everything I did. No, girl. <laughs> Honey, I hope that ass becomes septic. I hope that ass cheek just get all oh, milky. Boy. I hope you go and sit on it and it just start leaking out the back. Because that's what you deserve for doing your people. This like turned that. all the way left. They think y'all y'all burying, y'all burying your brother. And they they pull up to the urn on the, on the counter. Girl, I would have been on her ass like white on rice. And I'm still getting my damn. The older money sister back. said she went up to the urn and held it and took a picture. And then the younger sister, who was over all the services, took a picture holding the urn and decided to show off her BBL. So she took a sideways profile to show off her liposuction and BBL at the quote unquote services. I hope that ass becomes sick. The older sister said there wasn't even a flower. Y'all, people. People really be out there. How you take six grand from this your is how sister? we get off topic. No, but that's real though. Cause you don't, and then that's something else too, right? That's something you do not factor in when you are getting money and borrowing money from people. You don't know what your sister had to do to get that $6,000. You don't know if she had to pull that from her retirement. You don't know if maybe uh-huh. she has some type of like savings set up for her kids or grandkids. You don't know if like, she may be, I mean, I know people who have life insurance policies that they pull from. She maybe has to pull that from a life insurance. You do not know if she had this $6,000 sitting in her checking account that was available for her to spend. So for you to be so shysty about it and to take that and just go with it, like, this girl, I don't care. I still would have beat her ass. That's all I got. Yeah, she would have had a nice little, I really hope it would have healed by the end. And I know because I didn't look into getting a BBL, it takes months. So if it, this wasn't months later, you would have been buying a new ass because I would have beat the fuck out of you with the, with this. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. That's all, that's all I got to say. Back, back to financial wellness over here. Right, 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 right. Back to financial wellness. Okay, so. We've talked about what we have to identify, right? We've talked about identifying income, um, your expenses, and then what your overall goal is, whether that's to um, save a certain amount, whether it's to have enough to make investments, which is a good idea, but that's a whole other episode. Um, so once we know all of those things, then we can see what can be and what needs to be scaled back on. So I don't know who came up with this rule, but it's a rule that I have followed. It's a rule that I've suggested for other people, and it's even listed. 
um, in Forbes magazine that a good budget model is the 50-30-20 rule. Okay, so 50% of your income should cover all of your monthly bills. That's the rent, that's the mortgage, that's the gas bill, all the utilities, that's the life insurance policy, whatever it is, 50% of what you bring in, right, that net income that we talked about, should cover all of your expenses. Not just the mortgage, not just the rent, 50%. Everything should fall into 50%. Now, once we have that 50%, 30% of your income goes to things that you want to do. Whether it's the movie budget, whether it's the eating out budget, going to a play, going, you know, shopping, whatever. 30% of your income can be dedicated towards that. And then 20% of that net income, again, should go towards your savings and investments. So if we follow that model, again, 50% is always going to cover your bills and your needs. These are the things that are necessary. Netflix is not necessary. If you are that tight on money, Netflix is not necessary. Now, in my household, Netflix is necessary. Absolutely. I was about to say that. Hold on now. It's not necessary for everybody. Speak, speak for your own now, because my testimony Listen, is... Listen, if you are tight... We're going to eat ramen for an additional two days. And if you are that tight, you may have to go back to the rabbit ears. Not rabbit ears. Put your all the leaf off, because not rabbit ears. You may need to get the rabbit ears if you are that tight, okay? So again, 50% goes to the necessities, the bills that are going to happen every month whether or not we want them to. 30% of your income goes towards the things that you want, the activities that you like, the things that you want to be able to go out and do, and then 20% goes to your savings and investments. Okay. So let's take that same $80,000 a year model. Okay, that same 80000 We said after taxes, we were bringing home 64000 which gave us about $5,300 a month. So 50% of that 5300 is 2650 That means your rent and all of your bills need to fall underneath $2,650 if you were making $80,000, okay? So you may not be able to get the big house that you want or the big apartment that you want. You're going to need to scale back so that you can afford the things that you want to be able to afford in the capacity that you want them. So how do we accomplish this 50-30-20 rule? Well, we've got to have discipline. And if you're like Queen, you already said, may not be that discipline. Who said that? Because you're going to choose Netflix over ramen. (laughs) Who said that? Oh, we need to say a social media. So if you are swipe crazy, some of us are swipe crazy. As long as you have a card in your wallet, in your pocket, you will swipe it. And hope that it goes through. Not hope that it goes. Wait a minute now. You got to at least be able to check the balance and know it's going to go through. You said hope it go through? Listen, some people swipe and hope. No, y'all really be out here in the store swiping and hope. Like, y'all don't pull up the online bakery and look first. Not everybody does. I'm so sorry if I if I offend anybody by saying this, but let me tell you something. One thing y'all ain't going to catch me do is walking in the line and let my car get declined. Because who... No, you have to at least know now. Hold up. But listen, everybody's not in the same position, right? So we want to talk or we want to have the conversation in a way that um, (laughs) make people feel like they're really doing something wrong in life. I mean, but I'm not saying like it's a problem if you don't have it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you go into the store, right, 
And let's just say you got four items and you pull up your online banking and you know it's only going to allow three of those items to come through. Something got to be put back. But what we ain't finna do is get up there and swipe all four items and hope that the car just go through. Oh, no, baby, we're not doing that. That's when we need to borrow the $52.39. Oh, baby. Well, then you see, then that the problem you run up with that is how they send it in because depending on how they send it in, you might not get it right away. You know what I'm saying? So, the cash so app many card. elements of that. Yeah, I know, girl. But listen, that's a whole that's a whole other episode, right? Like making sure that we have bank accounts. Well, set up. Hold on I now. found it. What? I was just about to say now because I ain't even gonna sleep on the cash app card because let me tell y'all, if you got a cash app card, do y'all use the boost on there? Because honey, I done just saved a good little coin for my grocery store purchases. You know, if it's a restaurant I like, you get a oh, my cash app card, girl. Let's see what boost I got available today. Wait, you do never I use the cash the app card? What am I missing out? I don't have a cash app card. So I have a ca- I have a cash app card. I don't use it because like cash app be mm, acting sketchy. But for the cash app card, like you can add boost, like at the bottom. So like it'll give you options. So like it's a place here. I don't know if it's everywhere, but they have it here. It takes about ten percent off of Turkey tacos. Um, right now ten percent off Waterbird. Um. 10% off of something else uh, for another restaurant. And like for Xbox and PlayStation, you got 10% off of those. 15% off of Starbucks order. You get um, earn 10% worth of Bitcoin on one purchase. If you say anywhere, earn 10%. So it's like a Dash or, or an Ebates situation, right? right? Yeah. But so you have it, a card. Yeah, I have like an actual physical cash app card. Okay. And it's five percent off of one grocery store purchase. It's good. It's pretty straight though. I ain't even gonna lie. They be coming in clutch sometimes. I be like, hold on, let me see what kind of deals my cash app card got. You know. And then if you, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying you gotta compare that to. I don't know if you're like me, but I use my credit card for most things, and I just pay it back as I use it from my account, so I can get my my points. Which is in the notes for us to mention because people but, understand how valuable that is. But sometimes, like, if I know I'm going to save a little money instantly, I'll just add the money over to my cash app. Because, like, those those weren't that good because those are not anything. But, like, I had one one time it was, like, $15 off a $30 grocery purchase. Well, I went to the store and I just bought $30 worth of groceries. Now, let me tell you, I got my little hooked up for Kroger, right? So, I also used the employee discount over at Kroger to get my little... Get my total drop down. Do you just $15 <laughs> off the 30? Now you just saved all kinds of buku money over there at the Kroger getting your groceries. Okay. I agree. So, I agree. Just another element of being able to cut back and save money. Look at your options. Don't be so quick to spend. Like, so I probably would have got a little bit of cash back on my credit card from, or, you know, my primary credit card, the one that I use the most. However, comma, I would have still ended up spending $30. You know what I'm saying? Versus spending. Twelve ninety nine. Hello. So as Queen is jumping ahead <laughs> with the cash back opportunities, <laughs> she is feeling herself right now. Hello. But if you are swipe crazy and you have to hope and wish and pray that it goes through, one, we have to budget better. But two, you're probably not saving nearly as much as you could be if you weren't swipe crazy. So some ways that we can combat that, right? You can set aside your monthly budget. You can't set a budget until you know what you're working with. So you've got to do the first part. 
right? We assess what's coming in, what's going out, what the goal is, and then you can set a budget. When you set that budget, one thing to do that worked for me for a little bit when I was like, when I had a very specific goal that I was trying to get to was setting aside cash and putting it in envelopes or putting it in places for very specific things. And then once I spent all the cash that was allotted for that thing, I just knew that I couldn't spend anything else because I would purposefully not carry my debit card during this time. So let's say, for instance, that you don't want to spend any more than $300 a month on gas, right? You put your little $300 in cash in the envelope, put it in your... See, I don't want to advocate putting it in your glove box. <laughs> then I don't want people to like start rummaging through people's cars. Looking where, you, glove box. where you park your car? I'm going to pull up and give me, <laughs> give me a couple of dollars. But I'm, not in, but I'm not in that position anymore. So now oh, I, can, okay. I, can, I can swipe. <laughs> Damn, I missed that one, y'all. Dang it. We missed right. that lick. Because I was going to figure out where that car was for. It was like three or four months. But I was like, nope, I need to set this budget because I need to get to this particular goal that I was trying to reach. And so I would put however much I allotted for gas in my car and just leave it. And then I knew whenever I was going to fill up the tank, I'm not using my debit card. I'm pulling that cash from that envelope. Right. Or when you go grocery shopping, if you set your budget to be, I don't know, what's a typical month's worth of, I'm going to say $800. Right. If you say eight hundred, that's a lot. Whole Foods is expensive. I mean, I don't spend eight hundred dollars oh, yeah. myself, but but I also don't have a family. Okay, because I was about to say, I think it, dep- it depends. Because I was about to say, in my house, our budget is like two fifty for the month. Yeah, but it's just the two of you guys. Right. That's what I'm saying. I don't know what it would look like if it was like a family, but like for two, the two of us about two. Right. So let's say four hundred. Let's say four hundred. Right. If your budget is four hundred dollars a month for groceries and you're going to do whatever you can to make it work. But this only works if you're going to be disciplined. Don't put four hundred dollars in cash in an envelope, still carry your debit card, grocery bill come up to a thousand dollars and then you swipe and hope and stuff goes through. That's not what we're going to do. You're going to set the money aside in cash because that's all you're going to have on you. And if you go over your four hundred dollar budget, you need to put something back. You need to make a sacrifice. You need to make a cut. So setting aside how much you want to spend on certain things in cash, putting it in envelopes and only spending that is, I think, a good way of making sure that you don't go over your budget. Again, if you're disciplined enough to not take out your debit card. And I also think it's like with that, I think it's also important to set something realistic. So, for example, if your household, like if you know that for if you if it's four of y'all in the house and you know that four hundred dollars a month is not going to get you what you guys need, you may just need to adjust. It doesn't necessarily mean to say that you're spending more, but you may just need to adjust what you're allotting for that. So I think that that's very important to say. Um, I do have a question though. When you was saving for your goal, if you hit the three hundred dollar mark, what was you gonna do if you didn't have this? That I was not going where I wanted to go. Oh, I'm curious. So when I did that, right, I don't even remember what the budget was, but we're just going to say it was 300. When I did that, I factored in how much it was going to take, like how much on average gas I use going to and from work, because that's a necessity, getting to and from work. If it was any place outside of work and I ran over it, like, and I was out of my budget, I'm just not going to go. I will order groceries, I will order takeout or whatever, but I'm, I made the conscious decision for like three or four months to say, this is all I'm going to spend on gas. That's a little difficult now because my car only uses premium gas and gas prices keep going up, but. (laughs) 
at the time, it was very doable. And I managed it. And, you know, hey, you want to come hang out? Only if you come get me. Because <laughs> I'm not putting any more gas in my car. Couldn't be me because, girl, I'm always the driver because when I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. But no, that's pretty dope, though. That's pretty dope. But yes, I agree with, like, if you're trying to set a specific goal to definitely set beside that allotment of a realistic, this is what I'm spending. Just be mindful that you can't adjust if you don't feel like you're hitting your grocery needs in your house or whatever adjust but also don't don't adjust for your little debit cakes because you don't need them any day go away y'all know how the sugar's <laughs> run ramp in the black <laughs> but please adjust if if y'all don't got enough milk yeah, eggs or bread or meats veggies please adjust with that i got nothing right now <laughs> if you need nine boxes of little debits for a month you need an additional 56 dollars for that don't do it don't do it at all because the sugars run rampant in the black community absolutely definitely um another way to save set up automatic saving with your bank to where every two weeks when you get paid or every week or every month however you get paid a certain amount automatically goes over to your savings account see and I'm going I'm to step in and I'm going to interject in that because that was mm-hmm. something that I struggle with personally because for me, and I had wrote this down, although that was very helpful, that still kind of like put me in the mindset to know that, okay, well, if I have this amount in my savings account, especially when I was early on, like really just trying to get my finances under control. So if it's automatically pulling it over to a savings account that once you log in, you can see it. For me, that was a struggle because that was still money. Although I shouldn't have been accounting for it at all, that was still money I was accounting for. So for me personally, and if you are not super disciplined in the beginning, I'm going to give y'all the best thing that was ever told to me. Open up a a savings account that is at another financial institution. So for me, I opened up a small credit union savings account, did not have a debit card. I mean, an ATM card. I would get my bank statements printed and mailed to me, but I actually set up a direct deposit from my, my work and let that money go to the savings account at the credit union. So I would only be able to see what the balance was when I got the statement in the mail it's not, it wasn't somewhere that was easy for me to go to. Like, it's not like I could run by there and do a withdraw. So that helped me a lot. So it just kind of depends. What G said is great if you have that type of discipline to know that, that money is not to be used alongside your regular paycheck money. Like, oh, I done went over $100. I got $100 in my savings account. Let me throw that over there. No, if you are not disciplined enough for that, I'd recommend doing it the way that I had to do it to get my shit together, which was... That was the next thing on the list to set it up at oh, a different bank. See, bad, you you bad. was over there getting excited and I didn't did even let me finish the like, whole I bullet like, point. Girl. I was like, Mm-mm, girl, because that ain't work for me because it wasn't nothing saved. Girl, that savings account still got 53 cents in it. Okay. Girl, you stopped me mid bullet point. I didn't even finish that line. But yes, no, 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 you're good. <laughs> But yes, the suggestion is, right, if you're not disciplined enough to be able to log into um, 
your online service that has a checking and a savings listed together and see, oh, I got a little change in it. Let me transfer something over. Or it's okay if I go over because I got overdraft protection or whatever. You know, if you're not that disciplined, then yes, definitely set it up on another account at another institution, not the same institution because it'll all show up together when you log in at a different institution or You can even open a savings account that requires two signatures in order to take anything out. They're not available everywhere, but some institutions do offer them where it takes, it requires two signatures. I'm telling you, it will work because you know good and well, if you have to go and ask that other person, Hey, can you sign off on this? They're going to be like, what you need to pull money out of the savings account for, right? Not a joint savings account. It's completely yours, but it requires two signatures for any to, anything to be withdrawn from it. That's also an option. It's an option. <laughs> Don't go in on me. It's an option for anyone who doesn't feel like they are disciplined enough to, even if you have that second account, to not pull money out when you Who's she talking to? Because who finna go down to the bank with another person to get money out of my account? Oh, girl. That is the purpose because nobody wants to do that. So the money will stay in there and it will continue to build. Child, right, if you ain't Jesus. disciplined enough to have it at a separate bank and just do it that way, child, just forget it. Spend all your money. No, don't forget <laughs> it. Don't forget it. Forget Find what it. works in these suggestions. Spend it all, child. If you have to get, oh, you have to get your mama to go down to the bank with you to sign money out your account, girl, just forget it. Okay? Don't forget it. Use that until you get to the point where you were disciplined enough to not have to have that. I feel like if I ask, listen, because no. now I'm married, so it'd be different because it's my husband, but even my husband is a lot tighter with his purse strings than I am, so he's going to be like, what we taking out of here? But see, like, if it was somebody like my mama pre-marriage, my mama would have been like, well, how much money in the account? You might be able to give me $50 too. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> well, make sure it's somebody that is not going to ask you questions about your money, but just understands that this is a training exercise for you to help you save money. I love that. That's dope. For, not me, though. They ain't my testimony. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at Talkspace Jen and Queen. We'll talk to you guys on the next episode.